Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Twofold Uncensored. This is our second episode on our podcast. So today we're going to get into talking about ego and self-sabotage. But before we get started, my name is Kara Kepler. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Jessie Love. So when you and I were deciding like what episodes or what topics we wanted to talk about, we picked imposter syndrome mm. and ego because that's two really big topics that are important to us. Can you kind of share with our audience what ego kind of means to you ego sometimes people will say i don't have an ego everyone does have an ego but i feel like when it comes to keeping your ego in check or like what that means i use the word with carol a lot irked i get irked i don't even know if that's a grammatically correct word but i feel like i'm not angry and i'm not sad but it's just you feel almost annoyed how that kind of relates with partnership, ego, all of those things is that having an ego very present, if if you're a person that has a huge ego and and has zero self-awareness, it's going to be very obvious when you're in a partnership. It'll come across as arrogant. You don't need a mentor. You don't need people to tell you how to do things. Obviously, that's why partnerships are very difficult when it comes to having them work or not. Whenever I'm in a conversation, whether it's going to be like a difficult one with either you or a team member or an investor or my husband, any type of either life situation or in business, what will happen is if there's something that bothers me or aka irks me, it's taken me a long time. I'm not saying I've mastered it and I'm not saying that I will still nail this and do it every time. But I've tried to really train myself to go, oh, I don't like that. And instead of immediately, which is very normal. So if you do it, it's very normal. You question that person. You go, I don't like what they said. Instead of doing that, you go, yep, putting that guard up. Get And that is your ego. People go, it's not. It is. It is. Because if you don't like what they said, right, and it's just say it's about your work ethic. It's about anything. It's all about delivery as well. So now let's do one scenario. If they've delivered it in a really healthy, positive way, they are not coming at you. They're coming to you. They're doing it in an appropriate space. It's not in the public. All of those things. And you're still getting irked, right? You have to think about it. Is that me? Am I actually pulling my weight? I'm just using that as an example, right? That's a work scenario. Am I actually pulling my weight? And even friendships, right? Do even, I shit talk a lot? Or exactly. like, am I really negative all the time? Exactly. Yeah. What happens is when you're very new at that, you, immediately that guard goes to go up and you're like, you're not letting anything in. And you go, I don't like what you said. I'm offended. I don't want to have anything to do with this conversation. And you shut them down. What happens is you're actually shutting down your own self-growth. Right. And then there is no chance for you to have any self-awareness. I feel like, as Gary Vee says, and I love to quote him, if you could bottle self-awareness, you'd be a billionaire. Totally. I do feel like that's something I am not perfect at, but I'm almost addicted to it. The more self-aware that you become, the more that I can mentor better, the more that I can guide people to work through their emotions in those really tough moments. You're almost like, whoa, like easy. Why do I have that guard up? But listen to that as well, because if they've delivered it well, all of those things that I'd mentioned, but they're just fucking wrong, right? I I don't want to get it twisted here. 
people can still be wrong. And then you're going to be like, what the problem is. Either are going to listen to it or something. Yeah, or you're going to listen to it and then kindly go, I strongly disagree, keeping your cool and going, and this is why. And a lot of the times, if that person on the receiving end is actually self-aware as well, they're going to go, you know what, really good point. I actually wasn't aware of A, B, or C. I didn't even know about this. So I'm sorry. And then you can move on. Not only in business is that really good and in partnership, but I feel like your marriage. In life in general. In life in general, right? Well, just I think with human connection, because you're going to constantly be talking with other people and engaging with them, right? You know, I always love Brene Brown. She says that the people that are the closest to you Mm -hmm. have to be the ones that you allow to give that permission to tell you when you cross a line or kind of telling you where, hey, I love you so much and we're still cool, but that was really screwed up and you're going to need to work on that. Yeah. But I'm going to be here to help you do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think having that, you talk about that safe environment to be able to feel the need to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important. Cool. Ego, imposter syndrome, all of these things are intertwined. Would you agree that this term is newer? Not maybe 2023, but it, it's, it's newer. It wasn't around when I was like, what the hell is imposter syndrome? I had watched this that Imposter syndrome is just a way for the new generations to hide their insecure, like insecurities. Like, no, you're just insecure. Right. You don't have imposter syndrome. Just be insecure. Don't let your imposter syndrome get to you. That's may as well just say you're, you're inse- letting your insecurity get in your way. Exactly. People always want to put a gentler term to to make themselves feel better. How about you just deal with your bullshit? Just go, that's the only way you're going to get more self-aware. Why did I feel that way? Huh, because I'm not working hard enough. Why did I feel that way? I'm not present in my marriage. Right. Why do I feel guilt when my kid is going, mom, you never put your phone away. You never, probably because you don't. Right. So then go, you know what? Thanks. And being a mother as well, having your child see you go, you're right. I messed up. Parents go, no, you need to be the role. You don't want your child seeing you fail or whatever. Then they know that in life, they're going to have those attributes in order to be able to handle when they are insecure, not putting a statement on it to just mask it. I guess like the gym, right? If you want to get super strong, you've got to rip those friggin' muscles, yeah. heavier weight. Yeah. And it's the same with life. You've got to be able to handle more responsibility. If you want to grow, you've got to be able to, geez, like it's growing pains are uncomfortable. Being okay with being uncomfortable. Yes. That's when you truly know you're ready for growth. Okay, so I want to read you this quote that I read. So I read this book that was called The Mountain Is You, mm-hmm. and it was by the artist is Brianna Weist, if you're interested. It is called The Mountain Is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery. Mm. This book was so good. And there was this quote, she says, Either way, mental strength is not just hoping that nothing goes wrong. It's believing that we have the capacity to handle it if it does. And so when I read that, it really hit me that you don't want life to be easy. And I used to have moments, I think, especially as you become an adult, you start to realize you're going to go through grief. You're going to go through loss. And as you're starting to establish yourself, you have a little bit more to lose. So you stop feeling a little bit more comfortable. Now, all of a sudden, the idea of being uncomfortable mm-hmm. is a lot more uncomfortable, almost like you've got a lot farther to fall. Yeah. You put on display almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm realizing that it almost forces you to have more trust in yourself. 
you're still trusting that you can climb all of the way to the mountain. It just mm-hmm. might take you a little bit longer, but you know you're going to freaking get there. And so it's interesting that the whole premise of the book was oftentimes we are the ones that get in our own freaking way. Mm. So do you think that there are any, do you have any like habits or attributes? I know I do, Jesus, where you feel like you almost self-sabotage yourself a little bit? Absolutely. I did today. We talk about this stuff, but it doesn't mean we're great at it. Exactly. That That's the problem when you're addicted to growth. You want to have your cake and eat it too. I bite off way more than I can chew. And then asking for help. Right. Right. Even if we hire more virtual assistants, more team in the world, stuff like that. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. And then what happens is my physical health, my mental health is usually pretty strong. Usually, I'd say 85% of the time, what will happen is I will work so hard and sabotage myself so hard that I go, I'm doing it for my team. I'm doing it so we can push forward. Bright lights, big city type of thing. But what ends up happening is I'm now out. It almost feels like I should be in the hospital. You're pushing your body to the absolute limit, like the absolute limit where you literally will sleep for days on end. You're eating drive through every single minute of the day because or not I don't have eating to, or not eating, right? You're not doing your sports or being active, anything like that. So then what happens is that's bad. Then when I know it's really bad is when that mental health that usually I can rely on, you know, that brain being like, yep, you got this. Don't sit in that emotion too long. Pick yourself up. When that goes to, I'm not good to anybody. Right. Right. And then I've let down, even though my team has been like, Jess, easy easy, slow down. We don't need to execute everything. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I know. Trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. And then what happens is then I feel shitty because you let your team down. Your family life suffers because they never see all of those things. And I never viewed it as self-sabotage until I asked you, what do I do that? Yeah. And then you were able to... Everybody has their own little forms of self-sabotage, right? And I mean... So what's yours? Mine is more my mental. Mm. So Mm -hmm. mine is more the way that I'll speak to myself or I'll think I'm not capable of certain things. I'm a little ball of anxious energy all the time. And so I'll try to numb things. I try Mm. to maybe I'll smoke a little bit too much weed or I'll Mm -hmm. drink a little bit too much on the weekend to just kind of take that edge off. Meanwhile, I know like I probably could have worked a little bit harder. I might not have needed to take as much time to bounce back as maybe I, I thought I needed to. So I'll almost try to make those justifications for myself and then I'm in my own friggin' way. Sometimes it's like, no, bitch, you're fine. Yeah. You got eight hours of sleep. You've got a full belly. You're going to be fine. You're going to get through this. Prep four more emails and then go to bed. Yeah. Then turn on your show. So just sometimes being like, but I'm so tired and I'm so this. Well, that's what my mind is hearing. Mm-hmm. And so that is then the mindset and the energy I'm in, or it's like, I work so much. I never get time for myself. Well, that's how I'm feeling because that's what I'm saying to myself. It's hard to shake that too. It is. Yeah. yeah. And so then you just want to make these allowances for yourself that maybe you just actually don't deserve. Should I have this eighth drink? I'm like, I'll have this 37th tidbit. Love that you go to and I'm like, eighth Jack Daniels and Coke eat my <laughs> oh my god everybody just kind of has their own self-sabotage Crutch, right whether yeah. it's the tv on a little bit too long you watch netflix yeah. too long whatever yeah mine is definitely i like to know i would just prefer not to feel anything yes if given the option. yes i think mo honestly i'm very similar in that way too with the whole feeling of 
because your brain, when you have ADHD, it's exhausting. A lot of people don't know the ins and outs of it. They just think, oh, you struggle focusing or, oh, you don't sleep well. Oh, I've heard that reference, right? The 20 TVs on in the same room. It's so much more than that. There's things called the power hour. And if someone's watching or listening that has ADHD, literally seven hours and you're laying there going, I should do this, I should do that. And that's the one hour, but you get as much done as 10 team members. But you've had like paralysis analysis for the first seven. The paralysis. That's yeah. really hard to, to not I get in that you, negative self-talk, right? In those moments. Going, I bet you that is a form of self-sabotage. Almost, oh, absolutely. Right? Like that mental paralysis that we can get in where absolutely. we're just like, okay, I'm going to get up now. And so I <laughs> oh no, I fell asleep for four days. I have to do this, 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 and yeah. this. I have to get up. And you do nothing. Now. Yeah. Just going back to self-sabotage, when I was younger and didn't really even know I had ADHD or or what this was, I knew that I was really, really good at reading people. What I mean by that is things like very, very minor shifts in body language, micro expressions, things like that, that 90% of the population do not pick up on. But your rapid firing brain notices them very quickly. Immediately tying that into self-sabotage. What would happen is before I became educated more in the area of ADHD and why I'm so good at that, I didn't think so. I had people going, oh my God, you're over-exaggerating. You're an overthinker. That's not happening when really I was right. Those tiny things that people go, Jess, I think you're, I think you need to like, ta-ta. What would happen is then I would self-sabotage. Jess, why am I like this? And this is, again, over a decade ago. And there's a lot more great resources that we have, right? To learn, not TikTok or fucking Instagram. The actual sitting down with a doctor, right? Getting evaluated, things like that. And where it's, like I said, it's not just about focusing, but you punish yourself right? That insecurity, imposter syndrome, self-sabotage. It's going, can I trust my gut? That that constant, that negative self-talk. Self-doubt kicks in. And then the self-doubt kicks in. So I've almost trained, really, really tried to go trust your gut. And if I'm wrong, though, I will go, shit, I'm wrong. Right. But yeah, like your stomach isn't, doesn't have the ability to like tell the future, right? It might be wrong at times. But like, it's a very, very good gut instinct that you have. And I was also, I took a business course and one of the advice that this man was giving was that you seek an advisor, you run things by them. And then step number two was then you run it by your most trusted female friend. Mm -hmm. And the reason he was advising people of that is because women, it's been proven scientifically, he quoted all the data in this program, but women have a more innate ability to have that instinct to read people. So before he makes business deals, before he hmm. you know brings people in too close in his fold, he runs them by those like trusted females in his yeah in his life. And I thought that that was interesting that women and maybe when you've got certain other things like ADHD or whatever, mm-hmm. it just we all somewhat might have these special little superpowers that if we don't learn to love them and lean into them, we self talk them down. Yeah. Like they're not important. Yeah. Like it's not actually you a don't... freaking super ha- superpower. Superpower. It's very lonely. Yeah. It's very lonely because it's exhausting when you pick up on those things. And if it's, you know, right away things too that other people won't know, but they love that person. And is it your place to even go, don't go there, right? It can be very lonely in those moments. 
And then, you know, 10 years down the road, you're usually right. right. You know, or think just things like that. It's it's a superpower, but it's a curse at the same time. Well, and I think it's interesting too. You and I had a situation where we got to sit down in a business opportunity with these group of men that we just thought we were so freaking fortunate to be in this mm-hmm. situation. And both of us had thought we had a good gut read on the situation. We thought that they were, you know, wonderful. Yeah. That was a hard one. The situation unfolded and it turned out that they were not wonderful people. They were not people we would want to get into business with. My radar was so off. Yeah, Yeah. it was like, I mean, I'm somebody that listens to true crime, for God's sakes. It turns out that one of these people was getting charged with something that just, oh my God, we were sitting across from them. And that was such a moment of being like, wow, my gut didn't go off there at all. And that was almost very eye-opening, too, of being like, okay, as self-aware as we think we are, yeah. you're always going to have to reevaluate. There's always room for error. And right? yeah. in that moment, it was like, well, this is a good opportunity. So you make allowances for why. You get blinded. Totally. So I thought that that was very interesting, that even though we might feel like there's a good gut instinct there, mm-hmm. we can still, our brains can trip us up sometimes. Oh, yeah. like, oh no, no, don't worry about that. Don't look at that red flag. It's all good. It's crazy because, yeah, you go so confident. Like I said, 99% of the time, but shit, if I'm wrong, damn, why does that 1% sting so bad? Yeah. But another thing, we work so hard. Like we, we are ravenous. You would use that word, ravenous learners. But we're ravenous when it comes to business, right? Hungry. When you work as hard as Kara and I do and most other entrepreneurs, and you've been, you know, busting your butt for so many years and you finally feel like you're going to catch a break or your big break, your name and lights, whatever. You can say to your blue in the face that you're confident that you wouldn't do that or that you wouldn't do this or that take that. wouldn't sell pictures of your feet online. I'm just kidding. Um, right? But trust me, that's where my gut maybe was influenced in that moment to not notice a red flag or those things. Because when you're hungry like that, it's a con as well. You might be so hungry that you go, holy shit, how long do I have to push on like this? And it's a form of desperation, right? Perfect example. Unfortunately. Perfect descriptive word. Yes. It's that's what that hunger is. Like we're desperate for that. And I mean, there's a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks about how humans are wired to see the best in each other Mm. so that's why he used the example about there was a very famous gymnastics coach it was found out that he had was involved with sexually harassing so many children for so long yes okay and so in that book he had interviewed the parents and the parents had so much guilt for not seeing these red flags yeah the book was a psychological study on how you will sometimes see those red flags and our brain teaches us we have had the same brain, the same hardware for mm-hmm. 200 million, however many years. Shit's rusty. We've never had a software update. Literally. So you're just constantly wanting to see the best in other people, yes. even though times are a little bit different. It's not the same that it used to be. And so we have to teach ourselves to have more self-awareness than mm-hmm. we used to. This pivots me into our next point that I want to talk about is you are so great at teaching Finley to trust her gut Mm. daughter. Something that I really love is because your gut and listening to your body Mm -hmm. and those cues about a situation when you're in, that's so important to you. 
And you've really taught that to Finley. She's six. Yeah. And let you know how she feels in a situation. I love that. I was taught more when I was younger that you're taught what's right and wrong. And that area now, sorry, in 2020 is very gray. Very gray. Because depending on your household, what is right and wrong? Exactly. And so that was even hard as a child because what's right and wrong in my house versus right and wrong in your house is different. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're in a situation where you'll be like, oh, but that's an adult or that's a there's a lot of allowances you can make. So I love that you're teaching Finley to trust how her father actually feels. Mm -hmm. I think there's Mm -hmm. such a generational difference, too, because for me growing up, maybe it was the same for you. You're taught more about what's right and wrong, more or less than how you're feeling if you're comfortable or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in the situation. I mean, our generation was forced to go hung uncle so-and-so, whether we wanted to or not. Whereas this generation, we've really, I think, evolved our thinking on things and situations. And now... If a child doesn't want to go hug someone, they don't have to. They feel uncomfortable. And so I think it's different now the way that times are changing because they're really a little bit more gray, right? And wrong is not so black and white anymore. Exactly. Because when it comes now, tying back into self-doubt, all of those things, self-awareness, how can you teach a child? How how can an adult even be self-aware or learn to become self-aware if when they're young, you're not giving them... You are just saying right or wrong. It's not that simple. No, it's not that simple. Now, if my team member goes, I felt uncomfortable, that's so important as leaders and me and you as leaders to shut the fuck up and listen to actually what your team wants and and look at them. Whether you've got that, are they uncomfortable when you're talking, listening to all of those things, I feel like that will make sure that your staff aren't in their head. They're not doing that negative self-talk. Same thing with your husband. Same thing with your best friends, right? Totally. Yeah, I I think that that's the the human connection element and listening to your gut. Every single relationship, every single moment or situation. These things are new. Every generation before us has been dealing with it. They get relabeled. Just like the word triggered. We used to just say like something would set you off before. Meanwhile, like it's these things have been around. It's just now we're all adults and having to kind of cope and adjust and adapt with them hopefully you don't get canceled in this culture jesus (laughs) right with self-awareness because me and you talk about that constantly as well how would you feel like you've become not even just in our partnership just say even the last decade right from like now yeah to like now for you especially stepping out of yeah. Religion. Yeah. Right. How much more self-aware you are now stepping out of religion? Do you find you're less? Do you find you're more? I'm much more. And mm. the reason why is I think because before, again, like I would say, it was more about right and wrong. It was mm. about doing what you should be doing. So that is what's new for me now is about just having to do work internally about how do I feel about things? What is my opinion about things? Yeah. Not how I was raised to believe they were, but like genuinely my perspective as a human so that level of self-awareness has been like there's so much self-discovery in there it's unbelievable and you don't always love what you discover those aha moments but they're like the shitty ones god for therapy and great girlfriends yeah seriously right (laughs) oh my god and trulys and trulys but i don't think that i could get to where i want to go without being self-aware Because there's already been instances where, you know, whether it's investors or whether it's how far you're willing to push yourself, Mm -hmm. you can't get there if you aren't aware of what makes you tick. 
and what sets you off and what motivates you. So, I mean, I think that there's that's been the funnest part so far, to be honest. It's been the hardest part, yeah. but it's the most exciting that I'm loving about being in my 30s. Yeah. So far, it's the most self-aware. Oh. I was confused as hell through all my 20s. And now I feel like I'm just finally starting to get it. And, and then you know what? Life will throw a curveball and you'll be like, God damn it. Totally. Right? I feel like that from day to day, especially when you have a kid. You're like, I got that. No, I don't. I At really don't. We have a sense of humor. Thank God. Thank I feel God like we have a sense of humor. For Jesse and I, self-awareness is crucial to us. And ways that we find help us stay self-aware is we hold each other accountable. Big time. We ask our team to hold us accountable. And it's something that we try to keep an open dynamic and open dialogue with your closest friends and those closest people in your life should be the ones that you give permission to be honest with you about who you are. And if there are improvements that you need to make as a person, being able to take that in and to really make those changes. It's crazy that you say that because someone who I follow who's a mentor to me just said that and I just heard it two days ago. If you want to become more self-aware, people are like, well, how, how do I do that? You have to give your team, right? So we're just talking then in business. We'll just choose that one your team, you have to give them a safe space. Not not like a room. I mean, yes, a room, but like a safe space so where they take feel. Your team and you're going to lock them in a room. You're going to lock them in a room with, no, I'm kidding. But so they truly feel safe because if you <laughs> come at them and you're like, so what do you think of me? You actually have to ask your team for feedback, honest feedback and say, I want the good, bad and ugly. And then be approachable. This isn't a, it. Yeah. right? And go, I need it. I need, that is how you're going to be able to improve and then become more self-aware. But already, if you come at your staff, if you never give them the chance to have their own opinion, they don't ever actually feel safe about coming to you as a leader. Like, give it to me, but give it to me straight. Yeah. People say that. It's funny. You'll know immediately. Can you handle it, though? Yeah, it doesn't taste as great. That's what drives me crazy is people that talk the talk. They never fucking walk the walk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's fine. But if you truly want to be better and you want to grow and go, how am I going to get better at being self-aware? You better actually listen to what your family, teammates ever like that actually say yeah. and actually go not. Oh, yeah, they're wrong. I'll take it and put a pin in it for later. Totally. And you know what? Maybe not everybody in your life, you might not even, because the thing is, too, is you have to respect their opinion and mm -hmm. because you're going to want to have to hear what they have to say. If you exactly. don't respect them, you don't want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. So, like, it's somebody that obviously you need to respect, look up to, work towards, things like that. But if you don't have those people in your life mm -hmm. and that's what therapy is for, yep. that's what self-improvement and self-development books are for. And everything nowadays is online. So if there's just, if you're struggling with self-awareness or you just need to find ways to grow, there's an entire community of people that love self-development, self-growth. Yeah. So check out those communities if you want, because there is so much improvement on the other side of these skills and attributes. And it's pretty incredible. That's a really good note too. Don't ask people for their opinion if you don't respect them. No. Because it's never going to end well. Right. It's like if you are not where I'm wanting to go, then I don't want your advice on how to yep. get there. And not just career wise, guys, mothers. Right. If you if you totally. don't agree with how they raise their children or they're yeah. never reliable, they lie to you. So mentors. Right. Exactly. You know, 
one of my girlfriends has five children mm-hmm. and she loves being a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. she's going to have a difference of opinion about maybe Absolutely. wanting to work full-time than I will. Absolutely. So that might not be the person that I'm going to go to about advice on how I could grow into my career. Exactly. But yeah. she might be somebody that I'm going to go to about how I can get more compassionate or how I could learn maybe time management or where can I be Absolutely. a better friend. So everybody yeah. does things really well, but the areas where you're wanting to grow, yep. if you're wanting self-awareness, then you need to find your friends that are self-aware. And choose your audience wisely. Yeah. Choose your audience wisely. On that note, thanks for choosing us as your audience. All right. <laughs> this was episode two of Twofold Uncensored, which was proudly sponsored by Simply Jalen. So thank you to Simply Jalen for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to you guys for tuning in and listening or watching, however you found us. And uh, we'll see you in our next episode. Bye, guys.